Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been yeah. This is Black Country Blokes tuning the fat. We're me, Kev Dylan, Lee Cadman, and we're joined today by a very special guest, Gary Tomlinson, a.k.a. Gaz Sample. Now, Gaz has been boxing for me, boxing and coaching for me for the last 18 years. He was one of the first boxers that I produced with his teammates, uh, uh, Martin Granger, Ricky Whitehouse, Nick Rose, and these were the first boxers I ever produced. But today, we're not going to be talking. Yes, boxing's going to be there talking about it, but it's not going to be about necessarily the bouts. It's going to be the courage and the life skills that it give Gary to get through his life. So, Gaza, thank you, bro, for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me, Kev. And Lee. Now, now, the reason why I wanted to get you on is like, what are some of those skills that you've got, you know, to get about in your day-to-day life or when the shutter's been shut down in your face? Um, it's... St- strength of character is the one. Um, I think the main one. Um, I think because you're always having to push yourself. So you're always having to push yourself beyond what you think the limit is. Um, so you always look, so when it gets hard, you've always got that bit about you to actually just go a bit deeper, you know, and you say bite down on the gum shield and go, you know, dig deep that sentence that always gets blasted round, you know, dig deep, dig deep. And, um, it's something that I always have with me. Um, I actually sort of like have, um, have you in my head. Or sitting on my shoulders, like saying it, like dig deep, dig deep. Um, whether it be a, a physical thing when I'm, you know, out running by myself, or you know, when I'm at work and I'm grafting, um, you know, and it's, I'm going through a really hard, busy day, you know, and I'm getting tired. Um, it's hard to concentrate. Um, I do, I do have that thing, like you know, dig a bit deeper. You've got more. There's always more in the tank basically, whether it be mentally or physically. Because I remember we were talking, like, lifetime friends. I've known you for 18 years, and I've watched from grow this lovely kid to an absolutely brilliant bloke. And we were talking about uh, when we went down to Liverpool, and it was in the quarterfinals of um, the juniors. Was it juniors or youths? I can't remember. It was um, it was the juniors back then, because I was 16. Yeah, so it was 16. And tell the little story, and because that, that, that's a reference to get you through a lot of stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is, actually. Because um, if you remember, it did, It almost didn't happen. Because um, remember, I was, I was meant to go on holiday, wasn't I? Mm. And um, my mum had to cancel like the holiday that we were going on. Um, so there was extra pressure from that side um, before it even turned up. And then um, rocked up to Liverpool. You know, there was me, you, Bob, Cy Spencer, Carl Spencer, Andy, James, um, Julie. We, you know, we were all there. Um, and I 
boxed in, you know, that working men's club to get to there, you know, when we were in the Midlands final, went up to, was it the Everton Sports Centre? I can't remember, bro. It's been that long. I think it was, I think it was Everton Sports Centre, something like that. And um, just the whole occasion, like there being two rings. I've never been in a room where there were two rings before. And there's there's people everywhere and, you know, from all walks of life kind of thing. And there's so many boxes in in the changing rooms, at the weighing scales. Um, and then I'd actually see my opponent in the dressing room while we're weighing in. Um, and I, based on where they were writing things on the, on the paper and where my name got written, I thought... He could be mine. I thought he looks big. He was about six two, a beanpole, but like a one of those strong looking beanpoles, and not like a stiff breeze could blow him over. You know, he looked solid, um, and he was. Um, and I can remember getting in the ring with him and going to touch gloves, and it was just like, oh my, this is going to be tough, and um, I was terrified. Absolutely terrified before that bell went. And um, I think the only thing that carried me through was probably the faith that I knew you all had in me. Because um, if it was left up to me, I'd have ran. <laughs> yes. um, uh, yeah, just the blind faith that you got in me. And um, I've, I use that a lot now. Um, if I'm ever frightened, I think, are you scared when he went up to Liverpool? No chance, not a chance. Most terrified I've ever been, and um, so that's that's something I always use now. If I'm sitting in an interview, I'm not frightened in an interview. I can't. I I visualise like a boxing ring sometimes in my own head that I'm sitting in a boxing ring with them, and then I think to myself, "Well, you're in my domain now," um, and I use it. I use it like that. So I've learned lots of little lots of little tricks to. Um, and visualizations, I mean, that come from Nick Jedi with all those yeah, little Nick, Nick yeah, Davis, yeah, just those little things, little visual visualizations, little tricks that you can you can use to manage your emotions, sort of thing at the time. Um, yeah, that's 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 a massive skill I've learned from it. I mean, because not only with the boxing, but actually competing, you've you've loved coaching, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've told a lot of people about um, the coaching side of it at the Lions um, because you all got us, you know, taking the young lads on the pads. As soon as we got to a certain level, you know, it was sort of like, we'll take them on the pads, take them on the pads. And the best way to learn is through teaching um, because then you, you learn what you're doing wrong. You learn to correct your own mistakes without anybody else telling you. You realise it by yourself. Um, and I, um, I really enjoyed that side of it. I just learned so much, and I learned that I found it really rewarding. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence as well because I realised I could actually make a difference to people. And you know, everybody wants to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Everybody wants to be able to be listened to and have a positive effect on someone. Um, so. Yeah, I just found it so rewarding. When we went full-time with it, you know, a few years ago, 
and we went all around the country. It's just absolutely amazing to have that to have that experience. And um, but I've spoke about the trust from parents as well, and like it's it's just amazing, like the amount of trust that people give you with with essentially their babies, um, and they become your own, and you look after them like you they're your own. Um, it's it's just a really good experience. I loved it. I like when they had um, uh, Mick Maguire on from the Julia Quarter. A lot of people think like you know, you have big rivalries between the Priory or from Darleston or and a lot of it isn't because you're all you know you want your lad or the, that girl to beat their girl. But really, we're one big family, aren't we? And you'll go to Durham and you'll bump into someone, or you go to Monkstown Cup in Ireland and you bump into someone. And you go, oh god, how's Gary? How's Gas Paul going on nowadays? He's winning or he's packed it in and it's nice because you're a big extended family all after that one purpose of keeping the kids off the street and getting the best out of the game yeah yeah totally um when i went up to warrington on 24 hours notice that once yeah um i bumped into that lad's coach at a different show and he actually turned around to this other coach that he was talking to because I actually interrupted their conversation to say hello. <laughs> um, and he said, um, so I was just so surprised to see him. I just completely lost where I was. I was like, oh, mate, mate. Um, and he said to the bloke that was there, he said, look, he says, if you've ever need, um, he says, if the Lions ever ask you for a favour, um, you know, help them out. He says, because I'm a top club. You know, you know, they helped me out. He says, I was in dire straits sort of thing. And um, they got me, you know, Essentially, they got me out of shit. Um, and then he come up and got cut. <laughs> yeah. In the second round and I had to go on. Yeah. And yeah. what a wound it was. Oh, I was wounded. That was uh, that was probably my best performance. Yeah. When I come back. And I was on... T- they actually called out it was a win. Because they thought it was going to the cards. Mm. But because, obviously, the rules and John pulled me out, um, it, it had to... It was a retirement, essentially. So they, so he'd actually won. One thing I loved about you guys when you're boxing and when you lost or when we have had our pants pulled down, you're never bitter in the game because there's no point um, you beat me up but I'll get the decision having a go at them. It's not that boxer's fault. And even if you threaten to go and lamp the judges and kick up, it's not going to change it. And I think where people get wrong is when they start blaming, blaming, blaming You've got to accept it. If you can accept it and then put it right in the gym, then you'll stay in the game. But if you blame everyone all the time, you resent the game. Yeah, totally. Um, I think you do. Yeah, you, you you could you can get very bitter. Um, I mean, I lost every fight. When I come back on the comeback, on the comeback, yeah, I lost every fight on the comeback. Um, I think it's seven. Um, but I was never once bitter about it. Not towards anybody in particular. The situation, possibly. Um, you know, because it, it loss is hard to deal with. It's you know, you you train hard for it. You know, you put your heart and soul into it. You know that quite literally blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but the one thing it does teach you to deal with is loss outside of the ring. As well, because we all face disappointments, you know, sometimes daily. So, you know, some are big, some are bigger disappointments than others. 
and it always just it's always just helped me to just be able to just swallow it. And just what's that old about it? What's that old saying? You've got to be uh, humble in victory and um, oh, what graceful in defeat. And graceful so, in defeat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is a life skill. You know, when you've won, go over, yeah, have a celebration, but shake the man's hand. And if he beats you, you walk over and you shake the man's hand. Yeah, because if you remember when we were always in the corner, particularly with the young lads, um, if they'd won, particularly if they'd stopped them as well, we used to tell them not to cheer. Remember, don't jump around the ring. You know, just come back nice and calm. We used to get the gloves off them. And then we said, right, now go and see if your man's all right. Go and check yeah. on him. Make sure he's okay. I think he's just teaching that. But like you said, it's there, there is rivalry there, but it's um, it's a it's like a healthy rivalry. It's it's competitive. It's not um, it's not malicious. It's not a malicious rivalry. It's just it's just competitive. And it's like if someone ever beats one of our lads in the in the championships, it's always good luck in the next round, son. Bring it back to the Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Because if we um, Sometimes, you know, we've been to watch the Priory. Yeah, of course. They're good friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we used to go over, when I used to go over to um, Tamworth as well, if Tamworth were ever in the championships, I would always cheer them because they look, you know, they looked after me. When I went over there sparring on my own sometimes, you know, I, was, I always felt like I was in good hands. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was out of my depth or anything or like I was going to, Get one out. Somebody's going to get one over on me. Um, I always felt, you know, really safe to just go and um, go and spar over there on my own without any of our coaches. Because ninety-nine point nine percent of people in the amateur boxing game are in it for the right reasons. But I'm, I'm going to just digress on this for two seconds because my dad trained your dad, didn't he? And what a lot of people don't know is boxing actually saved your dad's life. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so he's been boxing, uh, he boxed for your dad at Kimber, and then he, then he boxed. I think it was Kiddy. I think it was Kidderminster who boxed, and he just scraped through the medical. Um, I think my dad's listening as well. I think <laughs> he'll probably correct me afterwards. <laughs> But um, yeah, when he had the, it was when Bob and John went to Warley, and then um, went for the medical, and that's when they found out um, about protein in the urine, and then um, and then afterwards found out it was a kidney failure. But isn't it funny if he hadn't have gone for that medical, it could have been, you know, life's full of these little things, you know, yeah. whatever you believe in. Someone gives you a sign, or if you hadn't have turned left and you turned right, you got hit by a car. But just because you turned left and you went to boxing, you have a, a piss test, and you find out that piss test has just saved your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Lee, is there anything you want to chime in? Because you're you're one of our coaches at the Lions as well. 
Uh, not so much about the lines. I, I, I'd like to know how you how you've gone from from the boxing to the photography and the modelling. Um, the kind of worlds away in some senses. Both art, both arts, though I suppose. No, you're right. They are worlds apart. But um, I've said this to Kev before. I am a bit of a walking contradiction. <laughs> um, I like to get involved in everything. Um, if I was a footballer, I'd want to take the corners and then be in the box to edit in. I don't want to do everything. I don't want to do, um, I'm not happy just doing one thing, um, you know, which leads, which actually leads on to its own issues um, mentally. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to do everything. Um, I've suffered with burnout because of it as well, trying to do too much all the time, burning the candles at both ends. Um, yeah, so it's, but how it came about, I mean, I've always taken photos. When my mum used to take me away when I was little, because my mum used to take nice photos and things like that. So she used to go give me a little camera and, you know, I used to keep myself busy. Um, and sometimes, you know, those photos that get developed and when you come back and, you know, there'd be some good photos in there. So I've always had an interest in taking photos. I've always liked taking photos. And then about 10 years ago, I got um, a proper camera. And then I just I dabbled a bit. And then I basically just spent a couple of months taking photos. Then I wouldn't take any for six. Then I'd take some for a couple of months. Um, and then it wasn't until about, I suppose, coming up for two years now, nearly two years ago, um, I got involved with a, a rally team. Um, my, my mate. He built a rally car, um, and that's when I got involved with that. I mean, that's something else. I got involved with a service crew for a rally team, um, <laughs> going all around the country at racetracks, playing with race cars with my mate, dicking about. It's like a boy's dream, just messing about with cars um, all day. And then through that, that's when I started taking my photography more serious because I was doing the social media as well. I had to, um, you know, I had to make sure it was up to scratch. And then I started carry. when the season was over, I carried on taking photos. And off the back of that, one of my friends also then started getting into photography. Then we were going around Birmingham together. And then that's when that started. Um, and then Christmas just gone, well, just before Christmas, I, um, we both got, uh, friend who's a professional photographer and um, he asked me to come down and um, sit in one of their workshops that they do together and basically it was just people's you know I, well actually at the time I thought it was just going to be the three of us messing about taking portraits of each other and it wasn't until the day before um, they um, I said to my mate like what's um, what's a scrack then you know, what time of meeting? So, oh, well, there's going to be five five models and 11 photographers. I was like, right, so this is an actual thing then. Like, this is a proper thing. Like, people are paying to come down and take photos of the models, and I'm one of them. He said, yeah. I was like, right, okay, cheers. Uh, <laughs> like, thanks. Because uh, I'd never done anything like that before at all. And then... Um, sitting there and then there's an actual paid model that come in and um she was um 
you know, we do bits and all the rest of it. That everybody was dotted around the room, set up on different chairs, different lighting, so people could practice. And then um, I was in the kitchen making a coffee, and she said, um, so "How long have you been modelling then?" I said uh, about an hour. Well, that was it. And then she says, "You should uh, get your get an Instagram set up and um, and do it. You know, you'll be good. You'll be good." I was all right, okay. So what did? Um, that was on the 14th of December. Um, so I set up my Instagram, started contacting um, a few agencies, doing a bit of research, and then three weeks later, I've got I'm signed to an agents agency. And then from there, I just used my photography friends, got involved with a couple of brands from there, and it just keeps it's just going from strength to strength. Really, it's just building daily sometimes. Um, and it's just really good. It's, just, it's it's more creative than I thought it was being in front of the camera. Um, I thought behind the camera was more creative, but it, I don't know if it's the fact that I've got knowledge from behind the camera, which what which that allows me to be creative in front of the camera. Um, I don't, I'm not I'm not too sure yet, but I'm just enjoying it, so I'm not really concentrating on analysing it that too much that that much at the minute. And that's the key, isn't it, to be able to enjoy it? But also, I think you, you've, you've demonstrated really that, number one, you're not really afraid of trying anything because that's, you know, I, I can imagine it's quite daunting um, going into that environment uh, and having never been in there. And um, number two, take the opportunities while they come because you don't know, you know, you might miss it and you don't know what you're missing out on. So have a go, have a crack, take those opportunities. Whether it is, it sounds like you kind of fell into it. And sometimes that's the way. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Coming back to the boxing, that's kind of how the boxing happened. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Lee. I've told Kev. Um, my, my dad's always had a punch bag in his garage since I can remember. There's always been a punch bag. And um, my sister used to hit it. You know, used to play a bear with it. But I was always too frightened. I was always too frightened to hit it. Um, I don't know why. I don't think it was embarrassment that I couldn't do it right and like my dad was a boxer. I don't know. I, I, not really. I don't, don't really know. Um, but the one day I just picked up the mitts and I ate it. And um, I turned around and my dad's as white as a sheet. So, what's the matter with you? He says, I've never seen anything like that. He says, I've never seen anybody pick up a pair of gloves and hit the bag like that. So the way you throw your punches, the way you hold your body, um, we've got to get you up the gym. And then he trained me for about eight months um, in the garage and in the garden, um, sparring um, sometimes, and then um, eventually took me up the lines. And that was, that, was that. That's how that started. That was by chance, just because I just picked him up. And, and there was, wasn't really an opportunity that I was put into because I'd been in I'd been in the garage with a punch bag hundreds of times and just never touched it. But for some reason, that day I just picked up the mix and I just went for it. And I could feel myself going cold because I was shocking myself as I was doing it. And I think that's probably another thing why I just why now because I've got so much out of that. Um, you know, 
friends with you, friends with Kev, you know, all those experiences I've talked about going around the country, I just wouldn't have had that at all. So I think that's a really important lesson for people listening. Like, just just go for it, whatever it is, you know. And if it, if it goes bad, then don't do it again. You know, just just, just go yeah, for think- everything. I think people can be slightly too afraid of failing and the embarrassment from failing, but ultimately you've not failed. The only time you fail is if you don't do it. You know, that's the only time. If you fail, if you throw a punch wrong and, you you know, you, you haven't failed, you've just learnt one way not to do it. I think sometimes you have to you have to realise that, that go for it, try these things. If you And it doesn't matter if you don't enjoy it, just don't do it again. You know then, don't you? At least you, you, you know you know where you're going to go and what you're going to be able to do. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, we're all coaches. You know, we've always said um, you learn more from the loss than you do the win. It is, it's, it's the same in everything. It's not just boxing. It's just you learn more from that loss because you don't want to do it again. It's embarrassing sometimes. It, you know, it, sometimes it can be physically painful. Sometimes it can be um, mentally painful. Um you know, just physically draining, mentally draining. It's just so, so many things that can go on from from having a loss. Um, you do learn something from it, or you should do. Well, as we were saying, it's about um, that bit of fear that holds us back. There's that saying, feel the fear and do it anyway. Because the only difference between a hero and a coward, they've both got the same amount of fear in them, but one does it anyway. And we were saying just before you come on, you were saying about the last hour before we come on, and I've known you best part of 20 years, like your big brother. And you were saying you were getting nervous about coming on here. Yeah, I'm glad you've mentioned that actually, because I completely forgot I was going to mention something, wasn't I? Um, yeah, so basically, I, um, because I've never really faced any real adversity apart from the adversity and the mistakes I've made myself. Um, sort of like I've, I've caused my own <laughs> my own aggro sort of thing. Um, I've never been really put in any situations where um, you know I've really faced any adversity. They've always been by myself. Um, they've always been in my own control. Um, and what I was getting a little bit nervous about was, well, what if I haven't really got anything interesting to say? Like, what if I haven't really got? What if I'm not adding, adding any value to it? And um, I started get feeling anxious about it because I've never said I've, I've been a, a sufferer of that feeling um, but I do experience it and um, I um, I remembered what you put in the description for the video Lou and it was um, the fact that I haven't um, faced any adversity but then I can still have the same feelings and I was like well that's the whole point you're going on Gary that feeling, what you're experiencing now, you you feel like you haven't got anything to add, but that's why you get that's why you you're coming on, that's why they're getting you on, because you can still have those feelings even if you haven't faced any real like real adversity, real you know bad situations that you know you can still experience those emotions. And I think that's it. I think sometimes as well we'll go like. I feel ever so depressed. Well, have I got the right to be depressed when uh, Kev's blind and Lee's got a sick child? I'm going, of course you have the right to be depressed. Of course you have the right to feel sad. 
Or, well, think about all them starving Africans. And you think, well, at the time, I couldn't give a toss about them because I'm going through this emotion now. No, you're right, yeah. Um, you know, we had that conversation about a week and a half ago now, sort of thing. You know, and I think that's I think that's one of the things I've learned as well, not to be so hard, not to be so hard on myself with it. Um, and I've always learned to one of the things I've learned is being able to deal with that emotion and being able to actually sort it out myself. Um Sometimes when I'm, you know, down, you know, I have to ring you or I have to ring somebody else. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood for just having a, a chat with people. And it was one time last Friday, I couldn't get hold of anybody. I think I rang about 20 people and I couldn't get hold of anyone. And I was just like, just wanted to talk to somebody. But not about anything in particular. I'm just feeling a bit like... And I just wanted to talk to someone. Um, I, so I just, I just had to wait till the next day. <laughs> just get on with it. But yeah, you know, it's, I do, do experience it. Do experience I can, it. I can relate quite a bit to that, Gary, because obviously I've got my daughter now and, and that it's a different story. But before I had her, I suffered anyway. And actually, I've got better since I've had her because now I realise the strength that I do have. You know, I'd realise the strength we did, that I do have to to overcome what we what we've had to, and what my daughter's had to. You know, I've had to watch her go through hell, um, as well as my family. And if if that if I'd have been in the same frame of mind I was before she was born, five years before she was born, it'd have been a different story. But it's you know, yeah, because I think I was in a darker place then than I am now, even though I face more adversity now. So. It's yeah. It's it, I don't think you have to face any major adversity at all to feel anxious sometimes or depressed sometimes or whatever. You know, it's it, it's not really about that, is it? We all get it, and that's why we're here talking. You know, we all get anxious, we all get depressed, and that's why we're here to to make it, people realise it's not about who's been through the worst uh, and come through it. It's not about that. It's about we're all in the same boat. Yeah, I think that's bang on. Go on, guys. If you're going to say something, then, bro. As you went, as you went forward, it went. went God. No, I was going to say something. Well, while well, you're just having a think, I think I think the importance is that, as we've said, we've had people on who have been through. Um, child grooming, people who have um, had terrible bereavements, people who have had drug problems. And no matter what you are going through, there are other people going through it. Now, that doesn't help you at the time when, you, when your back's against the wall and you're in a dark place. But now there's so many different forums and different ways that you can get in touch. Have the strength to accept the help. And even if it's just phoning up an old pal or whoever, you haven't got to carry this burden alone. No, no, not at all. And I think one of the big things to actually um, to realise for people as well, because I know a lot of people don't want to be a burden. Well, that's what they say. Oh, I don't want to burden anybody with anything. But if they're truly your friends, you won't. You're not a burden. Not at all. Like if you, I can remember, I've 
had conversations with my friends and I've not said things. And I've probably ended up with more of a bollocking for not saying anything. I would you know rather... I mean? sorry. Oh, sorry. I would rather have the... Um, I'd, I'd rather have someone feel like they're being a burden by phoning me up and moaning than having that... I have a phone call and hearing that my friend had completed suicide. And that's what it comes down to. Sometimes it's, well, is Gary going to, oh, will Lee think, put yourself out there and ask for help because the worst thing in the world is having that phone call saying, you know what, he's done this. And that that's a hard pill to swallow. I think also on that, Kev, is, is um, don't be afraid to ask if you think someone's struggling as well. You know, don't, you'd prefer to, to lose a, a friend than lose a friend who, who completes suicide. So don't be afraid to ask. But, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say on that, because um, we had Ian Hines from, hang on, let me get it right, Mental Health First, CIC, and he, he and Matt, the two Matts come on, and that's on one of our previous episodes, and it, it, when I did my mental first aid, it was so eye-opening that it is better to lose a friend by um, by phoning up the authorities or uh, whatever it is than to lose a friend by suicide. So sometimes it's not about the feelings, it's about keeping them here with us. Because someone said a lovely uh, saying to me, a powerful saying, suicide is a permanent problem to a temporary... Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem so that's sinking because a lot of times when we when we're struggling with these things it is temporary it's the finances it's this so by doing something as permanent as suicide you know instead of doing it permanent let's get something that'll help you so guys while you're having a think because i'll ask you uh, to come up with a quote or a saying uh for the end of the show before you do that, I'm just going to advertise next week. On Tuesday, we're going to be joined by a lovely woman I meant on the Mental Health First Aid course, Cherry Gw- Gw- what's her name? Cherry Gwills. Gwillims. Oh, Blumenick. Sorry, Cherry. I forgot your name. Have you got it there, Lee? Cherry Gwills. And she'll be coming on. She started something a few years ago uh, about the listening post. I won't ruin the story. It's such an incredible story. So when she comes on, make sure you tune in. And on Wednesday at six o'clock, we're joined by Ashley Nixon. Once again, Ashley's been on the show before. And uh, I'll just fill you in on a bit of his history. He used to box for us. He went to prison through drug, um, being um, a drug dealer. Come out and through the love of the club, he accepted the law, uh, the law, the love, <laughs> get my words out, of the Lord. Now he's an evangelist. And he'll be coming on to talk about how people have reacted to the churches and all these other religious buildings being closed down. So please tune in next week, Tuesday at 7.30 and Wednesday at 6pm. So Gaza, have you got any quotes or saints that helped you get through it? Yeah, I have. Um, It's be to dark what a moth is to light. And um, the meaning behind that is we all experience the dark from time to time. And sometimes you, um, you know, you have to, uh, Christian, <laughs> um, yeah. So sometimes, you know, 
you're going to experience the dark and, and so kind of sit with it and learn to learn the lessons from it. Um, Yeah, yeah. Let's just learn less from from the from the experience that you're going through. And before we sign off, Gaz, if people do want to find you on Instagram, how can I find you? Um, you can find me um, by going to Mister Underscore Ireland. It's actually spelt Ireland, so E R L A N D. Lovely. That'll be on our show notes. So thanks, bro, for coming on and giving your story. So until we see everyone again on Tuesday, take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra, Rabbit. Cheers, Kev. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, tarot a bit. Listen, listen, listen.